Hello, Yogi. Welcome to my podcast. I'm Aiko, and on this show, we explore ways to put spiritual theory into sustainable practice. Hey, Sham, we are here again speaking about the Bhagavad Gita. Thank you. Thank you. It's uh, always a pleasure. So, where did we left last time? Can you give a short recap about chapter 9? Yes, so the ninth chapter was uh, called the Yoga of Hidden Treasure, and the hidden treasure is Bhakti. Krishna says in the beginning of the chapter that he's telling Arjuna this knowledge because Arjuna is free of envy. So that's a very important topic there. It's um, We kind of ask the question, so does it mean that you have to be free of envy to read this chapter? Well, no, but it's said there to, just to keep in mind that if you're free of envy, then you will really understand what is said there. But just reading it will give you the tools to work on envy, which is a deep-rooted problem we all have. And we make a distinction between envy and jealousy, because I first was very confused. I thought we were talking about jealousy, but jealousy is something different, right? Yes, so where whereas... Um, Jealousy is that you simply see something that someone else has, and you also want that. That, um, But envy is, you see that someone else has it, but you can't have it, so you don't want them to have it either. So you're, you're mm. kind of ill-willing, mm. sort of wishing others not well, rather than being a well-wisher. Yeah. And um, there are very simple practices given for uprooting envy. It's a like a very simple practice of bowing down, like um, giving respect, kind of acknowledging other people, acknowledging nature, the source of nature, and so on. Good. So what is here in this new chapter, chapter 10? Yeah, so here Krishna begins to say in the beginning that he's going to tell Arjuna um, something superior to what he has been telling until now. And we've been hearing a lot until now, so... It is, he's going to go deeper into bhakti. Then he's going to go back to things that he has been saying before, like similar things, like in the seventh and the ninth chapters, we've heard like examples of Krishna talking about his own manifestations in nature. And he's going to do that again here after he has been giving this um, kind of peak knowledge that he hasn't been sharing before. So it's kind of like in the second chapter where he first goes very high and then he has then he kind of goes back to kind of ground that knowledge in in something that we can see in the here and now and we we mentioned last time there are also four very important verses the chatushloki right yes so those are the, that is the peak mm-hmm. you can say you can, you can actually say it's the peak of the whole bhagavad gita so here we're kind of at at the top of the mountain and then <laughs> we're going to go down again to kind of ground ourselves okay so how does it go yes so um it's number eight nine ten and eleven and the first one says aham sarvasya prabhavo mata sarvam pravartate and krishna is saying that he is the source of everything and that everything springs from him and those who understand this and who are imbued with emotion for krishna they will worship him with uh, grounded in this knowledge and in the ninth verse it's talking about such 
practitioners gathering and enlightening one another about Krishna, then and and deriving deep satisfaction from this. Then in the tenth verse, it talks about how Krishna is is giving uh, something called buddhi yoga to such people, like enlightening their intelligence from within. Uh, so so that so that is like when you when you already have knowledge about many different things and and wisdom. But with this special buddhi yoga, you you kind of make new connections within that knowledge. You kind of you kind of see it in uh, in new ways. Uh, you you connect to the different pieces of wisdom that you have, and you you see you see uh, you make new connections. Uh, so that is buddhi yoga. Can you give some examples? Um, we're actually we're gonna practice this a little bit here in this episode. Mm, so. Cool. <laughs> so we will find out. And then in the last, in the eleventh verse, there is um, Krishna says that he removes the darkness of ignorance with the light of knowledge. Mm. So, so that is a further installment. He it's like there is more to, there is like more to know there, to kind of achieve a relationship with him, and and he will enlighten you as to that. So after having spoken these four verses, then Arjuna becomes very excited. And he um, praises Krishna as the source of of everything, and he asks Krishna, "How how can I meditate on you?" And this is where Krishna then kind of goes down again to to the things we can see here in this world. So, for example, he says, "Mriganam cha mrigendroham," among animals, I am the lion. And here we should remember, like in the previous chapter, that uh, Krishna said. I am in everything, but I'm also not in everything. So it means he is there in as much as you see it in that way, in as much as you're able to see it that way. So it means that you, like, you can't just, for example, hang out with a lion and think that you will understand God by that. And we will uh, get back to this also. But like we can stop here for a little bit. Like, um, and and see how, like the specialty, for example, of the lion among animals, like it it is like universally said that the lion is the king of the jungle. Mm. Like if you watch like documentaries, you see them on the on the savanna, they are like ruling. It says, "Jasaram makaram chasmi," among fish, I am the shark. And then we kind of move to bigger things in nature, like among mountains, I am the Himalayas. Mm. Among ocean, uh, sorry, among bodies of water, I am the ocean. Uh, among purifying elements, I am the wind. Among seasons, I am the spring. And then, most importantly, like, because to experience all these things, we need consciousness. So he says, among living beings, I am consciousness. It's mm-hmm. we have been speaking of this quite a bit before. That yeah. without that, like, like it is the. It is like the the beginning of everything, mm. in a sense, because everything that you you experience, you're experiencing through consciousness, which is the power of experiencing itself. And um, then we also have another interesting one, vada pravadatam aham. It's among people who speak. I am vada, and vada is a Sanskrit term for the type of discussion where both parties are trying to figure out what the truth is. 
So it's not that they are coming with their preconceived notion what the truth is and trying to convince the other, as is mm. most discussions are like that. That's very beautiful and almost rare. Yes, it's very rare. It's like, wow, you know, if you find that, then, then you're like, you're in a good <laughs> company yeah. and, and a very healthy discussion. Yes. And like, especially today, you're like, if you go on social media and you see like how discussions are going there, it's everyone just like throwing stuff at each other. It's like... Yes, because they hide their face behind the screen and they're just ready to put all their frustration to, no, this is wrong, how you do that? It's it's very ugly, actually, to see it. Yes. So like to kind of give like comparative words in uh, in Sanskrit uh, when it comes to discussions. The other two are called uh, Jalpa and Vitanda. Mm. So Jalpa is when, when both parties have, it can be more than two, but both parties already have their idea of what is true and right. Mm. And they are just trying to convince the other. Mm. And like, even if the other has other person has better arguments, uh, the first one would just go home and find try to find you know like <laughs> he he won't like really challenge himself. Yeah. He would just try to find more ammunition for his own position, but yeah. is not ready to give up. Uh, just waiting the time until he stops speaking that is his own turn to speak his point. Exactly that mm. that is that is like the exact um, principle there. Mm. Then there is an even worse one. It's called uh, vitanda. That is when, like, you don't you don't even have so, like something that you're trying to convince the other about. You're only trying to say how the other person is wrong. Like you're only it's like like a heckler kind of just mm. just kind of picking apart the other person and just. <laughs> yeah, I was just talking to my friend some days ago, and we were just saying like how lately people are just repeating what they hear like in media or in post even which is even lower and they they don't really know what they're talking about like for example with the vaccines or all these things right now they really don't know what they're talking about but they read something and then just they repeat as a parrot and and they just point the finger to someone else and say how they're wrong and this is so sad, I think. Yeah, I, I remember seeing a funny comic about that. Like mm. someone sitting by their computer and saying like, okay, I'm going to do my own independent research. And they just like Google up to, tr to try to find some argument that supports their own opinion. And they say, say like, that's it. Like, yeah. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so then, so then we have, and like all the things I've counted up here that, that Krishna says like, are manifestations of him there are a couple that are different from the others because as i said many of them are like you will only they will only benefit you as much as you actually see krishna in them by benefiting here i mean in the absolute sense of course it can be beneficial to mm. uh, climb mount everest <laughs> like it's good for your health and all that and yeah. um but i mean you won't be getting closer to God by by doing that unless you are... You want to get close to yeah, God. Exactly. <laughs> but there are some that are like kind of spiritual in themselves. Like Shrotasam Asmi Jhanavi. Uh, among rivers, I am the Ganges. Mm. And Ganges has uh, is like spiritually purifying, even if you are just taking a normal bath. <laughs> 
Yeah, actually, my uncle, who is kind of skeptic about all these spiritual things, um, he told me that there are the scientists are researching on the Gange to find out because it has a real purification process, like in material term speaking, like it's purifies water from pollution by itself. And this is something that doesn't happen by regularly by nature. So they're they're trying to study and figure it out what what is happening there. Mm, that's very interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta look more into that. And then the other one is Giram Asma Ekam Aksharam. So among among things that can be uttered you know, like by our mouth, like, ah, oh, mm. mm. <laughs> mm. um, among such things, like all words, basically, and all other sounds and uh, noises, uh, among all such things, Krishna is Om. Mm. That is a spiritual utterance. Yeah. If you just say Om, that's, that is spiritual in itself. Like, you don't even have to think uh, that Krishna is that. It's just going to be spiritual, uh, even if you accidentally pronounce it yeah when i was living in india we went to visit an ayurvedic very very nice ayurvedic doctor and he like brought us around his garden and show all his plants and this and that then we went in a room where he was going to give a short class and he said he said we can start with uh, chanting the mantra om and we all chanted and then he pointed someone and asked what do you feel? He say, nothing. And then he asks someone else, what do you feel now? And there was some kind of quiet moment and he say like, nothing. And he say, exactly. Om is clearing your mind. And that's why we chant the mantra Om before classes and things like that. Wow. Mm. <laughs> that's powerful. Yeah. I remember our acquaintance uh, Gopal because mm. he he told about when he was studying Sanskrit at university that um, sometimes when the when the teacher was pronouncing some of the Sanskrit words it actually he could feel how it was moving something in his heart like it was mm. some, <laughs> it, it, there is some kind of subtle kind of part of our body yeah. that, that kind of resonates with Sanskrit so when it's Pronounced. Yeah, pronounced yeah. Uh, as it is, kind of. The power of the sounds, and it's all about vibrations, you know. So, according to science, the world came out from some vibrations. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's powerful. <laughs> yeah. So then um, Krishna ends the chapter by saying, like, because he has been counting up many things, I, I just named a few here. He mentions many things. I've mentioned mainly things that everyone can relate to, but there is a lot in there that is um, related with um, Vedic uh, mythology and uh, symbology and things like that. Like, for example, there are a list of qualities like intelligence and uh, fame, I believe. And... um, Krishna says, among women, I am these qualities. And it's like seven qualities. And uh, it is described by the commentators that it's those qualities are personified as um, as, as goddesses, basically. Mm. And uh, 
some commentators also say that those qualities are best expressed by women <laughs> most often. Mm. But it's also like an encouragement for men to cultivate uh, certain female qualities. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. So that's uh, so that's that. So, so like you could see here, like when we kind of bring up these things, then we we make connections. That is the like the Buddha yoga. Like we are enlightening one one another about uh, mm. about Krishna. And then there is also jnana deepa, like when, other than like connections we can make uh, between things we already know, but in a new special way, there is also new knowledge that can come in and that will light up our path to, to our ultimate self-realization. Mm. So to to make it very clear, like these four very important verses, what they're saying. Yeah, so, so to reiterate, first of all, and of course, as we always make the point, we're not trying to push this on anyone. No, no, absolutely. It's, it's, yeah. it's, uh, however you want to conceive of a higher power, if you want to conceive of a higher power, this is one, one way. Krishna is saying he is the source of everything in the universe, that everything comes from him. And those who are absorbed in that understanding will worship Krishna with affection and uh, they will gather together and enlighten one another about Krishna. So that means like the wisdom that they have gathered here and there, they will make new connections, especially when you get together with others. You know, like you say, like, I have learned this and the other person says, I have learned this. And then they will kind of shed light on each other's perspectives it's like uh, sometimes it's said like if you you can hold a diamond i say and turn it around and see it from different angles goes, yeah and it will look different mm. of course there's the classical story of the elephant and the people around the elephant holding different parts of the elephant and, and saying oh like the elephant is like this that story is often said to talk about how religious people are are usually blind Mm. For those who haven't heard the story, <laughs> it's let's say five blind people gathered around an elephant. One person is holding a tusk, one person is holding the trunk, one is holding the tail, and so on. So each will will say, oh, an elephant is is like this, and they describe like whatever they can feel. So so each person is is holding some part of the elephant and they think that's what an elephant is, but an elephant is all those things and more but that story can also be taken in a good way that you you get together this is like what we talked about before about the the ways of speaking you know like mm. the ways of discussing yeah. you know like if one person is and of course they will all be totally right in what they say you know because i mean they would be totally convinced because i mean i feel like a tusk is like this it's like something kind of uh, bone <laughs> with a yeah. sharp tip and the other one is holding the tail and he's saying, oh, it's some kind of hairy at the end. Soft. So then this vada, to kind of discuss, to ascertain the truth, rather than trying to just convince each other about your own opinion, is when you get together and you, you say, like, I experienced the elephant like this. And the other says, and I experienced it like this. Oh, wow. <laughs> so... Uh, you can kind of enlighten one another yeah about the, yeah. the entirety of the elephant but still still like uh, like you you're all blind 
but you have a lot you can enlighten one another about yeah. with with the senses that are working. So the fourth verse is when you not only enlighten one another by telling each other what you experience, like by touch and so on, like your side of the elephant. This fourth verse is talking about when, by a miracle, they are all actually able to see. Mm, beautiful. So what's the next chapter about? Yes, that's going to be very exciting because, you know, Krishna has been talking about all these things. Like, I am, you know, Mount Everest. Yeah. I am the ocean. But in, in the 11th chapter, he's going to show it to Arjuna. Mm. So that's, that's is incredible. Cool. Good. Looking forward to read it. And uh, yeah, see you next time. See you. Thank you. I hope this episode fulfilled its purpose of inspiring you. If you like it, feel free to share it, give a review or a rating, subscribe. And if you have any questions, please get in touch at aikoyogareiki.com. Namaste.